Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Welcome to the show, guys. Glad to have you here. It is already Wednesday on the Newsmax Daily, and uh, the month of May is ticking by as the country continues its uh, downward trajectory into oblivion. And uh, there are a lot of reasons for that. I think we all are well aware what those uh, reasons are. We've got uh, gas shortages on the East Coast. Um, This is because of Russian hacking. This is because we have a feckless and uh, weak president of the United States. Among other things, we've got uh, Israel and Gaza on fire, on fuego, as it were. Uh, Donald Trump got three Nobel Peace Prize nominations for getting Middle Eastern countries together with Israel, and that's all gone because, again, we have a feckless, weak, feeble leader We've got inflation, we've got massive government spending, we've got terrible employment numbers, we've got states where people don't want to go back to work because they make, on average, more than the $32,000 they made before they went on unemployment. And Joe Biden isn't seeing any evidence of people not going back to work, even though it's everywhere. So I've got a bunch of that. Liz Cheney is gone from her leadership role in the uh, in the House. And one of the reasons is, is that she voted unconstitutionally to impeach Donald Trump after he left office. That's one of the reasons. Plus, also, she's a rhino, country club, old school Republican. She's done. She's done. Stick a fork in her. Bye-bye. Actually, na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na. Hey, 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 goodbye. All right. So, um, 18% of Republican voters want Liz Cheney to keep her leadership position. It's gone, by the way. They voted this morning. She's gone. And half one are gone as the GOP holds uh, the meetings today to uh, oust her. And it's already been done. She's gone. Hasta la vista, Lizzie. Her support was very thin, Lizzie. <laughs> Didn't there? It's a classic rock reference. Okay. GOP is broken. It's time for resistance. More than 100 Republicans led by anonymous Trump critics signed letter threatening to form third party unless it breaks with former president. The letter called for American renewal. Now, these aren't, these aren't all members of Congress. These are uh, governors, ambassadors, Republican Party chairmen. These are country club Republicans who think they have some sort of sway still with the direction of the party. And here's the thing. It's not necessarily about uh, blind allegiance to Donald Trump. It is about allegiance to the constitutional principles of the United States of America. It is allegiance to Donald Trump who went, and, and I should say constitutional principles, because he went to Washington, D.C., and he drained the swamp. These people are swamp dwellers. These are swamp supporters. If you look at what happened in in Washington, D.C. the last 50-so years, nothing has gotten done. 
We still have the same problems today that we did in 1970, uh, and they're even worse. And these people support that, these old school, stodgy Republicans who always are willing to reach across, or should I say, bend over the aisle to the Democrat Party. And honestly, they say the Republican Party is broken. It's time for resistance as the rationales against the radicals, according to Miles Taylor, one of the organizers who might as well belong to the Lincoln Project. This is us saying that a group of more than 100 prominent Republicans think that the situation has gotten so dire with the Republican Party that it is now time to seriously consider whether an alternative might be the only option. Well, here's what I have to say. Don't let the door hit you on the uh, the tail of your elephant, okay? Bye-bye. Because honestly, 70% of Republican voters believe there was chicanery in the last election, and more than that, of Republican voters support Donald Trump and his policies. So take your party, honestly. It's like that scene in, uh, remember in uh, Animal House when John Belushi tried to get everybody to run out of the house, you know? Uh, remember when the Germans attacked Pearl Harbor? Come on! And he ran out and nobody followed him. That's what these guys are doing right now. <laughs> That's what these guys are doing right now. Here is Liz Cheney talking about the future of the Republican Party on the floor of the House as she was trying to keep her position. She, again, is wildly out of touch with reality and the American voter. America has never seen before. A former president who provoked a violent attack on this Capitol. No, he did not, actually. And that was proven in the uh, impeachment that you supported that failed because there was no evidence of that whatsoever. In an effort to steal the election, has resumed his aggressive effort to convince Americans that the election was stolen from him. 70% of Republicans believe there was all sorts of chicanery. Oh, yeah. And then there are those 2,000 sworn affidavits, people saying they saw it. He risks inciting further violence. And then all the, you know, the, the battleground states shutting down uh, vote counting at midnight and then opening the next morning with like 97% more Biden votes than Trump votes overnight. Millions of Americans have been misled by the former president. They have heard only his words, but not the truth, as he continues to undermine our democratic process, sowing seeds of doubt about whether democracy... No, he's not sowing the seeds of doubt. The evidence is, actually. <laughs> the evidence is. And, uh, and, and when you, you get in bed with uh, the New York Times and mainstream media, this galvanizes us against you. Here she is, I guess. I think this is... Uh, I think... Uh, hold on one second. I, I've got some uh, audio of her after she was voted out, after she was booted this morning from her job oh, to fade into oblivion. Hold on one second. Let me see if I can find this. I think it... Yeah, here it is right here. Uh, I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure... Uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. We have well, everything you can do amounts to a bubkiss because you have no pull whatsoever. Seeing the danger uh, that he continues to provoke with his language, uh, we have seen his lack of commitment and dedication to the Constitution. Well, then why did you vote unconstitutionally to impeach a president after he left office? Honestly, uh, again, na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey, goodbye. You are so wicked done, according to people in Boston. Yeah, okay. So uh, nine Republican states are now refusing $300 a week in unemployment benefits from the federal government because it's keeping people from working. Now, I want to ask you this question. And I might consider this for a couple of weeks because I never get a vacation. But if I was out of work and I needed unemployment... And say, for instance, I was only making $32,000 a year. And then, uh, you know, it, it, and I'm just going to be honest, it kind of makes common sense that somebody would say, wait a minute, I can make 38 or 40 or four, in my sister's case, $48,000 on unemployment. Why would I go back to my $32,000 a year job? 
So there are a lot of people doing that. Well, now what the government is doing, what these governments are doing, the nine governors in uh, Republican states are saying is, um, that's just too bad, so sad. You're not making more on unemployment. So get a job. Hey, 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 get a job. So they are in North Dakota, Missouri, North Dakota. You hear what I said there? North Dakota, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, Montana, South Carolina, Alabama. They are no longer going to receive any more extra money as of June as an incentive to get people back to work. Here is Arkansas Governor Asa Asa Hutchins talking about uh, why he's saying no to the federal money. Explain to me how and why. Actually, no to the federal dough. I think that sounds better. Yeah. You reached this decision to halt the enhanced unemployment benefits. Dope. Well, the extra compensation was very helpful during the dark days of the pandemic when unemployment rates were so high. But now our economy has come back. We have jobs aplenty. We have employers that are begging. I believe nationally 8.4 million employers are looking for employees and many people are not signing up for those jobs because they're making more on the dole. Workers to come uh, to their place. You combine that with food stamps. You are living large. Business, and we cannot pay extra compensation for workers to stay home. We need them in the uh, place of employment. And so that's the simple rationale for it. If they need assistance in uh, finding a job, we'll provide that to them. If they need uh, uh, child care assistance, we have more than ample resources to assist in that as well. So we want people- Well, if you had a job before, you had child care before, uh, you can find a job and find child care again. People work, people of our- this, this, this virus did not make you completely freaking helpless. So I want to work. And by the way, I never missed a day of job because of this virus. I had to work every single day for the last year and a half. But we found that that enhanced benefit was simply an impediment We still continue to have the ordinary unemployment benefits, but this is a good step to help people get back to work. There is no better motivating force than uh, not being able to pay your bills because you're not working. That's just kind of, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? The words, the words, words, common sense. Yeah, common sense. It used to be common. It's not so common anymore. I know, kind of weird. So more than 1,000 gas stations ran out of fuel. 1,000 gas stations in the southeast reportedly ran out of fuel. I got a, uh, a note from my wife yesterday. Her sister is in Charlotte. She went to 11. She went to 11. 11. She went to 11. A little spinal tap reference. She went to 11 gas stations yesterday. Couldn't get any gas. Here is a report. I believe this is out of uh, Raleigh. Yeah, guys, and you can see where this line right here at the Costco looks really more like a parking lot this afternoon, and that line's spilling all the way out here onto Six Forks Road. But AAA says that this is the exact reaction. Usually this is the line for the uh, rotisserie chicken. That they were really hoping to avoid. Oh, God, don't tell me I have to wait forever. Karen Wilson was one. Welcome back, Carter the many people waiting in line, filling her tank up before driving to Charlotte. She says she heard about the gas shortage, but didn't think it would lead to such long lines so quickly. I thought, no, it'll be all right. It'll be, you know, maybe a little longer than usual, but this is crazy. GasBuddy.com reported several gas stations in the triangle without fuel, including this Murphy USA on New Hope Road. A clerk put out plastic bags on the pumps, letting people know that they would not be able to and with a sign that says the wheel of meat is still working come on in and get your taquitos gas up here this is where i usually buy you'll get gas just not the kind of gas you put in your car i guess and when i got here it was like the place was empty and i was surprised a trip- yeah this is uh, this was america in 2021 
This is what happens when you have uh, weak leaders in the White House. The Middle East blows up and uh, you get gas lines again. Now, here is uh, Jennifer Granholm. She's the Energy Secretary of the uh, the United States of America. And uh, she's a typical kind of uh, leftist academic. Here she is. It's a, it was a veritable suck fest. I don't know who this person is. It might be from MSNBC. Uh, and then, of course, giving the, uh, giving the uh, party an opportunity to spout its line on electric vehicles, which only like 3% of us have. Obviously, we have the acute issues with the Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack, but looking more holistically in a macro view, how does this speak? Wow, did that sound academic. The efforts at DOE to move in more... Jennifer, I love you. I love you. You're great. Keep going. Keep doing a good job. ...a renewable direction, since this is going to have an impact on people at the pump. Yeah, I mean, we obviously are all in on making sure that we meet the president's goals of getting to 100% clean electricity by 2035. And uh, Thanks for that question. And I love you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Net zero carbon emissions by 2050. And, um, you know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. Um, but <laughs> So if you, if you have a, an electric car, then you're fine. As far as the rest of you, uh, y'all can just, you know. <laughs> but here she is yesterday actually admitting that pipelines are the best way to get fuel. Can you uh, tell us uh, what is the feasibility of using rail cars to transport fuel into the affected areas? I know that's being looked at. Or maybe horseback. Yeah. Um, the are there some electric trucks that could pull the gas tanks behind them? Oh, no, they don't make electric trucks that big. She is looking at that, and so we'll have to wait till their analysis is done. Um these these are not easy solutions because oh uh, no they're pretty easy actually they're real easy um there may or may not be the right uh rail cars there may not or may not be the deep water ports available for the jones act to be able to respond so this particular area of the country there this is why we have um doubled down on ensuring that there's an ability to truck uh oil in gas in but it's it's uh, what do trucks run on are they electric? The pipe is the best way to go, and so that's why... Ooh, uh, the pipe is the best way to go. I think Snoop Dogg says the same thing. But it's it's uh, the pipe is the best way to go, and so that's why, um, hopefully, this company, uh, Colonial, will, in fact, uh, be able to restore operations by the end of the week, as they have said. Okay, here's uh, Jen Psaki. Are you guys ready for some hot Psaki? Hot Psaki. Now, you know, uh, Joe Biden declared war on fossil fuel when he got, went into office. So it's not a big surprise that gas prices have already gone up. And then you've got this <clears throat> combined with his weak leadership and all that stuff uh, is happening now. Um, but Jen Psaki was asked uh, yesterday about pipelines because Joe Biden uh, declared war not only on that, but the Keystone XL pipeline, which has put thousands and thousands of people out of work. They still haven't been retrained and there still aren't any green jobs to help them pay the bill. So, you know, they face hunger and, uh, and homelessness, you know, but other than that, uh, no big deal. Here she is uh, being asked about Maybe, you know, uh, maybe uh, opening up pipelines, probably a good idea about now. Is the White House rethinking their opposition to new pipeline projects since one really important one goes offline and gas stations? No, that would be admitting that we were completely wrong and everything we're doing thus far is completely wrong and we're not going to do that. Start running dry. I wouldn't say we look at it as it, through that prism, Peter. We look at it, we analyze uh, both the impact, the economic impact, as well as the environmental impact. And, that and they come up with the same wrong conclusions every time. Certainly remain the case, but we look at different, each pipeline project uh, individually. We look at each pipeline project individually, even though they all do the same thing. <laughs> you know, pretty much they, they uh, you know, carry gasoline and those things that you kind of need right now because not everybody has a 
an electric car and nor will everybody be able to have an electric car. It's quite simply not possible right now because of the rare earth minerals that it involves. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Also, we're never going to run completely on solar and wind. It's not possible at all. Just do your research. Now, here is a Biden administration official yesterday. Even though Russian hackers, the dark side is what they're called, the dark side, they went after an American pipeline company, shut down gas to about 45% of the East Coast population. The Russian government has said nothing about it. And by the way, this uh, organization never goes after Russian companies or Ukrainian companies or former East Bloc companies. So they are being tacitly endorsed by Russia because Russia sees this sort of thing. And they don't go, oh, darn, poor U.S. We better send them some gas so they can get... They go, <laughs> They do. Here's a Biden administration official saying yesterday that despite that even, even uh, for instance, airports and Air Force bases and military bases not getting fuel because of this shutdown, they're saying it's a private matter. So first, we recognize that victims of cyber attacks often face a very difficult situation, and they have to just balance often the cost-benefit when they have no choice with regard to paying a ransom. Colonial is a private company, and we'll defer um, information regarding their decision. It's not our problem. It's not our problem, even though, you know, we do have the CIA and the FBI, and they could maybe start investigating this, but they're too busy doing new woke ads to get transgendered, bipolar, cisgendered amputees in their ranks and on paying a ransom to them did you would the, the administration offer any advice on whether or not to pay a ransom so typically that is a private sector decision and the administration has not offered further advice at this time usually this private sector matter would involve federal law enforcement given the rise in ransomware but they're too busy going after rudy giuliani that is one area we're definitely looking at now to say what should be the government's approach to ransomware actors and to ransoms overall maybe you should have thought about that before now because it's kind of been going on for a little while yeah just it's been going on for a little while so uh, Rand Paul uh, went after Tony Fauci yesterday in a hearing because Tony Fauci's uh, organization, the uh, what the Allergy Institute of the USA that supports uh, deadly virus germ warfare in China department, something like that. Anyway, uh, Fauci's department actually fed money to the Wuhan laboratory where the Wuhan virus apparently came from, not a wet market serving bat soup down the street. Uh, but anyway, he was uh, confronted by um, Rand Paul with actual facts. And of course, he denied everything. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Now with added viral proteins. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? And you did. Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute. Is that like Games of Thrones uh, function? Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. 
not you don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function? That is you would not be in the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you well, they're all wrong. Look at the grant, and you look at the uh, progress reports. It is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support it? sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan. We don't now. Oh, 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 we, oh. we don't. We don't now. Under your tutelage, we were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. It was done. There you go. That's all I need to hear. Uh, let's see. Tom Cotton was on Fox last night talking about Anthony Fauci and uh, misleading people yesterday when Rand Paul questioned him. Uh, the testimony today was deliberately evasive. I think Tony Fauci is playing word games with the American people. It's a matter of public record that the NIH funded organization that then sent hundreds of thousands of dollars of American from American taxpayers. Overall, it was about 7.4 million. I do my research. To the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And the research that they conducted would be described, I think, by most reasonable scientists as gain-of-function research, which is what it sounds like, manipulating viruses or other organisms to change their makeup to make them, say, more transmissible or more lethal. And, Laura, isn't it an amazing coincidence that this once-in-a-century pandemic originated in a major metropolitan area like Wuhan, just a few hundred or a few uh, hundred yards away from those laboratories. That is just so weird. It's got to be the bat soup down the street. In the whole big country of China. Mmm, bat soup. Country the size of the United States it didn't come from some rural village up in the mountains near bat caves, but it came from a city larger huh. than New York City, huh. which just happened huh. to have these laboratories that Tony Fauci's agency was indirectly this is, that doesn't mean anything that's it's just because of all of the evidence and everything it doesn't doesn't mean anything a little bit more from tom cotton tony fauci needs to give us answers look he's been wrong about a lot over the last year Pretty wrong much, about yeah. masks wrong everything. about schools now he's wrong about summer camps for kids oh, yeah. uh, but he's also wrong today to say that the nih has never directly or even indirectly funded this kind of research that report you mentioned by nicholas wade is a blockbuster i'd recommend to all of your audience to read it Tony, or Tony Fauci and, the, and his agency need to provide answers to the American people about what role they may have pay, played in funding research in these laboratories. Now, perhaps it wasn't directly uh, into what ultimately resulted uh, in this worldwide pandemic, but why in the first place... Well, I'm thinking there's a good chance. ...American tax dollars be going to a Chinese communist lab that was conducting some of the world's most dangerous kinds of research in a laboratory that we know and that we knew three or four years ago had very low, sloppy safety practices. It was extremely reckless. Tony Fauci may be a good scientist, but he doesn't seem to know much about constitutional self-government. Uh, he did... Uh, he was disrespectful to the United States Senate today, and he appears to have disregarded the the direction of the Obama White House five or six years ago. You know, he should go hang out with Liz Cheney. Maybe become a Walmart greeter. He is, by the way, 80 years old. So. Oh, by the way, the CDC greatly exaggerated the risk of COVID-19 transmission outdoors. This according to the New York Times. The higher federal figure seems to be a huge exaggeration. Dr. Muge Sevic, a top infectious disease doctor at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland, told the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He said, if I had to put a number on it, be much less than 1%. Apparently, the uh, federal government was saying maybe 10%. So you really didn't have a chance. In fact, there really was no evidence of any cases ever being passed outdoors. Did you know that? Did you know that the whole uh, 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 Black Lives Matter rallies being perfectly fine for having outdoor rallies without masks on? That was no big deal. There was not a super spreader event, but all the Republican events, uh, Trump rallies, they were definitely super spreader events. And, and uh, Sturgis was a super spreader event. And, and, and uh, Spring Break was a super spreader event. And the uh, Phillies Rangers game last month was a super spreader event. That never became super spreader events. You've been played, people. You've been played once again. Yeah. Statistics show the highest evidence of COVID-19 transmission occurs indoor settings. The CDC based its outdoor transmission figures on research largely pulled from cases at construction sites in Singapore, which I mean, that's where I go to get my research. Oh, by the way, the CDC helped Democrats steal the election by announcing back in March that they were they recommended a mail in voting about this time, too, because, you know, being outdoors was unsafe. And this is according to uh, the CDC. Encourage moving election polling locations away from long-term care facilities and facilities housing older persons to minimize COVID-19 exposure among older individuals and those with chronic medical conditions. That's perfectly fine. And then also, uh, they say that based on what is currently known about the SARS virus, spread from person to person happens most frequently among those contacts within six feet. This type of transmission occurs via respiratory droplets, and they encouraged no in-person voting. So, you know, there's a reason for it, kids. And I, like I said, and I've said from the get-go, and I'm pretty good at this stuff, uh, 2020 happened because it was 2020. It's not because it was the worst uh, It was the worst uh, place in the world. It was the worst time in the world history. It all happened because it was 2020. That's it. That's what it's all about. All right. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra went on CNN in an attempt to explain why fully vaccinated people should continue to mask up, it's about fear. And did you hear what I just said about masks and being outside? Even if you are uh, vaccinated or not vaccinated, you're not going to catch it outside. Yeah. Here he is uh, showing his confusion with regard to masking up, talking to, I guess, John Berman on uh, CNN. Uh, we can't mandate people do certain things, but we can certainly give them the best advice possible. And the guidance that the federal government has put out is for your safety. Wearing a mask, getting vaccinated. And your control. Crucial. If you haven't done either, or if you're not doing either one of those two, you're in real trouble. But if you've been vaccinated. No, not really. Uh, no, not at all. Obviously far safer. We still want you to be as safe as possible. That's why the indoor policy should still be masking. But clearly, if you've been vaccinated fully and you're with folks who are also vaccinated, John, the risk does diminish dramatically. But again, to be safe, you could end up being a carrier, not know it. And if somebody hasn't been vaccinated or doesn't wear a mask, guess what? There's that's their tough luck. Still that potential but, of but, getting But that's, COVID. I guess, what I'm getting at right there, because I am vaccinated and the people in this office are also vaccinated. Um, so my safety, I don't think, is being particularly impacted by wearing a mask. If someone else is not vaccinated, it might be there. This is where it gets a little confusing. Safety that's being affected. So there's, there's two issues here. Number one, is that my concern anymore, that someone who's chosen to be unvaccinated is making a bad choice? And question two is maybe there should be laws that allow them to be kept out of the building. Oh, there you go. So people shouldn't be able to go into the building, even though everybody inside has already been vaccinated, probably wearing a mask, and you choose not to be vaccinated and go in, and you can't get sick from them, but you should be banned. Well, you've hit right on the point, John. It's about control. We get to a point where we get everyone to be as safe as possible. You know, it was always difficult to get people on motorcycles to wear helmets. 
for their own safety. Wait, 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 wait. I, I'm, I was confused because there's so many edicts going around. I thought you had to wear a condom to ride a motorcycle. Wow, was I getting it wrong. Safety. It was tough at times to get people to wear seatbelts for their own safety. Again, the condom thing. I, well, we're just, I didn't know. What simply saying is the, the best guidance. The child of the 80s. From those who are the experts in healthcare, is be as safe as possible by wearing a mask even if you're vaccinated. But yeah, if you're vaccinated, you're around people who are vaccinated, clearly you're going to be far better off. It's a you know what? They need a secret handshake or something uh, for vaccinated people. Uh, wow. Wow. Honestly. Okay, so we've got a great uh, interview right now. I want to talk to you. Uh, Paul Boardman. He is the host of American Enterprise Radio. And he has uh, built a package called uh, Decouple China Rebuild America. I think we're kind of realizing why we need to uh, we need to break up with China. Hello, Paul. Hi, Rob. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Terrific. Terrific. I'm a fan. I, I love what you do. Thank you. Uh, and, and you do it, and you're funny. So, Paul Boardman, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. You are the host of uh, American Enterprise Radio, and uh, you are also about decoupling from China, the decoupled China pack. I think we got to kind of quit China. What do you think? 100%. I'm behind it, um, advocating it. I've been advocating that since April of 2020. Yeah. Um, and I, b- I believe it 100%. And that's what decoupled China pack does. That's what we're standing for. I, I don't believe we will get the Biden administration to take this stance. No kidding. We, <laughs> so we have to, we have to do it. The military, our military, is behind this stance. Yeah. Our darker program programs, the CIA, FBI, they're behind it. The American people are behind it. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple things going on right now, and uh, and uh, there is a de facto war on the United States um, from on multiple fronts. One from Russia, one from China. With Russian, we had a, a cyber attack on a pipeline on the East Coast. Now, oddly enough, the group that did it, they do not commit attacks against Russia and Ukraine, which to me says, uh, you know, they're essentially being blessed by Russia to commit acts like this on foreign adversaries. Uh, and then you've got China with the with the Wuhan uh, virus. Uh, we also discovered with a uh, report that was put out in 2015 that the Chinese military had discussed weaponizing the SARS coronavirus uh, since 2015. And Anthony Fauci was part of the uh, National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases funding of the Wuhan lab that did it. Uh, so I think we're I think literally in, in many ways, war has been already declared on us, not only by Russia, but certainly by China. Your thoughts? I couldn't agree more. And I felt that way in April. I wanted President Trump to, um, uh, you know, do his um, work with the, um, um, you know, he, he, he picked the virus as our enemy over the state of China. Yeah, I was yeah. very disappointed with that. And he could have Defense Production acted 20, um, you know, different industries and brought them back with the, with the stroke of a pen. I was very disappointed that didn't happen. Uh, although I support him so much, but uh, and I advocated that in April that that would turn the economy around. So China is the enemy. It is time to take that stance. We're, we have to pressure Congress to do their job. But the problem is they're all funded. Um, you know, we all know they're all funded by the major donors who are uh, in you know doing business with China. Yeah. That's just the way it is. I mean, they want to become the world superpower. They want to. They would not mind seeing the United States go down in flames economically and possibly physically. Well, they've been stating that for for years, decades. So, uh, you know, it's evident. I take it at face value. If somebody says they want to do that and that's their plan, 
that's their plan. So um, I just simply say, okay, that's what you say you're going to do. I believe you. Mm -hmm. So I believe that China wants to do that 100%. I always have in the past, for the past five years. And and you'll find a lot of people uh, in this country who've been in the military who also believe that. And they were advising the president to take a tougher stance. And I wanted that. And I I really believe he had a Washington, um, George Washington moment uh, where if he had if he had shut down China and taken that bold stance, he could have overcome even the election fraud problem. How quickly do you suppose it would impact or even possibly cause a domino effect in China if the United States just said, "Eh, we're done with you? Well, we send them five aircraft carriers a year, roughly, in trade. Mm -hmm. So I think it would have an impact very quickly. I do not see a problem with the American people and the American ingenuity of the American people to to uh, fill that supply line. I think it would be they'd love to join in that economic battle, become independent again. Mm -hmm. So you cut them, then you have all that business to be done um, by Americans. And I do not believe that we can't do it. I hear it all the time. We can't do that. You know, we can't do that. Well, you know, I know we can. Well, it's really about integration. So you put a little technology to to the manufacturing process here in the United States, and we can beat those prices overseas. We can do so. that. I think so. But it's it's an integration issue. It's it's a different type of uh, approach to uh, manufacturing. You have to sit down and say, well, what tool can I use put to put with this tool to put with our, our human capital to make this work? And it's our, you know, we, we need to get on that and, and make that happen. But if we do cut China off, um, I mean, we just have to shut it down. They're everywhere. We know that they will run fentanyl in. They'll do human trafficking on us. Yeah. Uh, you know, the jihadists, their MO is to blow things up. The Russians like to do clandestine maneuvers. Uh, China likes this total warfare game where they, they mess with you over here. They kill a few people. They go over here, uh, throw some fentanyl in. They human traffic you. You have a problem? My view is if there's a problem in the United States of America, rest assured China's behind it. I don't believe that the American people despise each other that much. I really don't. And I think we need to start linking, you know, these bad actors in the United States to where they'd be getting their support, which is from China. And, you know, Russia is, you know, we understand Russia. We know what they do. But China is the big one. Without China, Russia's really no no major threat to us. You know, so, um, also I want to mention that um, uh, as far as China is concerned, the, the coronavirus, uh, if you look at the uh, world economies last year, 2020, China's was one of the, if not the most successful economy despite all of that, which adds credence to the coronavirus being from China and being a weaponized virus. Uh, do you think it was accidental? Do you think it was intentional? The most important thing is to understand the Chinese MO. Once the American people understand the Chinese MO, the concept of preponderance of evidence or beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are currently using to judge them and let them take over our country will will fade away. We'll see the we can see the connections happening. So that's the most important thing. Smithfield hams, you know, how to you know, all get these companies out of America. Get them out. They're they're they're, they're spying on the American people. Uh, they are here to destroy us, control us, and fear is what they traffic in. They will continue to do that. More is coming. This was just the beginning of the yeah. war. Yeah. That is the most important message I have. So shut this down. Get the 390,000 
students, Chinese students, CCP, you have to understand, it's not against China, the Chinese people. It's about the CCP. We have to develop the mindset of regime change. Yeah. We have to get into that for our own survival. All right, very good. Listen, I appreciate your time, Paul. Uh, Decoupled China Pack, where can they find you and where can people uh, possibly make a contribution? Well, thank you, uh, www.decouplechina.org. And the contribution, you know, the money's not as important as the commitment to the policy because who else is advocating a total decoupling policy? Only China, Decoupled China Pack. We have a lot of members of Congress who are very interested. You know, they've taken some pretty good positions. But they get their money from people who, a lot of people who are, you know, still doing business with China. DecoupleChina.org. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, Matt, uh, let's have you on again too soon. I'd love to uh, visit with you again. Thanks for your insights, brother. Have Thank a glorious you. week, bud. See ya. All right, take care. Yeah, there you go, Paul Boardman. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Now, so um, yesterday, Fauci uh, got his uh, rear end handed to him by um, Rand Paul. Rand Paul exclusively interviewed last night with Rob Schmidt on Newsmax. Here's a little bit of that. All right, so that's just some of it. Uh, talk a little bit about what exactly gain of function is, and do you believe what Dr. Fauci told you today? No, he was being dishonest. In fact, one of the main papers that was published by Dr. Xi in Wuhan Institute says in the byline funded by NIH and funded specifically by the NIAI, which is AID, which is uh, Fauci's group. So no, he, he completely dissembled on that. He's leading you to believe something that's not true. But gain of function is this. They take an animal virus and then they juice it up either through recombinant DNA or RNA uh, circumstances or by passing it through cellular cultures. Mm. So they might start out with a broth that's 90% mice and 10% human cell broth, and then they keep changing it till it's ultimately 99% human and 1% mouse, and they find cells that will adapt and grow in the human tissue that aren't supposed to grow in human tissue. Here's the danger. SARS was a virus like COVID, in 2004, it had a 15% mortality. They took this, they doctored it up with a new protein, and then they humanized it. They, they allowed it to grow in human cells. No, it was bat soup. If that got out of the lab, 15% mortality would be, instead of 3 million people dying like we have now, right. would be 45 million people. Wow. This kind of stuff needs to be watched. And do we trust the Chinese enough? No. And why in the heck are we giving money to the Chinese anyway? I thought they were a rich country. Why don't they fund their own damn research? Thank you very much. A little bit more from Rand Paul with Rob Schmidt. We have 11 different uh, labs that do it in our country. They're very, very risky labs, very, very dangerous. And the reason they say they do it is they want to see if they can change an animal virus into a human virus, they say, oh, then we'll learn how to combat it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's about weaponizing it. I think that logic is true anymore because with the DNA sequencing and RNA sequencing, if we get a new virus, they can sequence it in a day or two and they can have the ability to develop these mRNA vaccines within a couple of weeks. They don't need to be creating these super viruses because they could get out of the lab. And the way it works is it's not like they a call that playing God vial of the virus has to go out of the lab. Someone accidentally breathes the virus in. They don't know they're sick because like with covid, some people get really sick. Some people don't. If the first person worked in the lab and there is at least somebody they're aware of that worked in the lab, if they got sick, it's not that they did it on purpose. It could be an accident. A worker gets sick 
goes out and infects 20 other people, and then before you know it, all of Wuhan's got it. But it's too much of a coincidence to look at we have a coronavirus epidemic mm -hmm. in a city mm -hmm. that has a top secret militarized place where they're souping up and juicing up the coronavirus. Souping a up. A bit too much coincidence yeah, to believe. Yeah, souping up. It's, it's all about soup. Here's uh, one more little segment from uh, Rand Paul with regard to the idiocy of outdoor masking. Uh, it is nice to see the media beginning to question some of the guidance when it comes to masks and reopening after spending months blindly trusting Fauci, the NIH, and the CDC, frankly. Uh, the New York Times, big story today, a lot of people talking about uh, a quote here, there is not a single documented COVID infection anywhere in the world. Huh from casual outdoor interactions. Wow. Yet the CDC's latest guidance that just came out recently <laughs> makes outdoor infections seem like a much bigger deal, stating that outdoor infections account for perhaps as much as 10 why you can't vote in person. Percent of infections. Uh, that's, that's interesting to me. What do you make of that? But sort of like saying last year in the United States, less than 100,000 people were struck by lightning. Well, what if it was only 2,000? The number 100,000 means nothing. Right. So when you say less than 10,000 people got the infection outside, the CDC mm -hmm. is just making up a number that makes you think, oh, well, gosh, maybe 9% of people got it outside, when in reality, it's just as you said, nobody got it outside, wow. or some have estimated 0.1%, but some really <laughs> have trouble pointing to anybody getting this outside. You know, it's, it's largely- You've been played! How long have you been saying this? How long have I been saying that you've been played? Because I haven't been played. I think it's nonsense. I think a lot of this is nonsense. Yes, I think COVID exists. Yes, I do believe we should protect the vulnerable. But honestly, this has been used as a political cudgel against Donald Trump in 2020, among other things. Oh, by the way, uh, Grant Stinchfield talked to Gordon Chang. He's an expert on China about a possibility of, uh, of uh, war with him. What do you think... Is there a possibility, I guess, of the United States being pushed into an armed conflict with China? That's what I worry about the most. Me too. But boy, it would be brutal and devastating for both countries. Well, that's a real possibility. And the reason is that China wants to dismember both the Philippines and Japan. And both of those are treaty allies of the U.S. Wow. We have an obligation to defend their territory. And China has been making some very aggressive moves. In Whitsun Reef, which is generally considered to be part of the Philippines, they're trying to take that away. Also, they're trying to take away the Senkaku Islands in the East China Sea, which China claims as the Daoyus. So uh, both of those could flare up. And there are other, of course, um, points of contention between China and its neighbors. So this is a region which is ripe for conflict. So in other words, kids, we live in a very big, dangerous and scary world. And it doesn't make any sense to do woke ads for CIA recruitment when half of the world or a good share of it would love to see us go up in flames. Yeah. And uh, in many in many ways, we kind of are. All right. That's pretty much going to do it for the show today, guys. I greatly appreciate you joining me today. If you get a chance to download the Newsmax app on your cellular telephonic device, that would be awesome. If you want to know where this show runs, the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts. If you just want the daily listings for all the incredible TV programming on Newsmax, just go to NewsmaxTV.com. Guys, have a glorious day. 
God bless America. Stay strong, stay hopeful, and I will see you again tomorrow. You will hear me as well. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.